this is Stacey Hillier and you are listening to the Prophetic Collective Podcast. Hey listeners, you are about to listen to our new Worship Reformation series with special guest Joel Field. We hope you enjoy. Okay, Joel, we're finally having the long-awaited conversation about all things worship reformation. And we've been chatting about this offline for quite a period of time now, but I'm so excited we're actually giving articulation to this now for various audiences because I think that this is one of the most important conversations that the church is having right right now. Don't you agree? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, this is, I mean, been anticipating this conversation for quite a while now. Like you say, we've been talking about it. Uh, in our chats for a number of months and yeah. been planning and preparing this content. So I'm so excited that we get to chat about this and, uh, yeah, get it out there to the wider audience and hopefully it blesses people. I'm sure it will. Um, and so I'll just, I guess, kick off with just posing some questions to mm-hmm. yourself yep. about this whole worship reformation. Um, and I know, like we said, this has been uh, probably like a lifetime journey for you. Yep. Um, but maybe... You can kick us off by sharing some of the what the last few months have, yeah. have looked like for you in what the Holy Spirit's been doing in your life and your heart in preparing for this, what is a real prophetic message? Yeah, I mean, when you say this has been a lifelong journey, it has been. I think that one of the things that can happen when God's doing something new in your life is it can be tempting to discount everything that happens up to that transformation. Right. So true. Whereas I think it's a good reflective practice and an important thing to go, well, every piece of my life has actually built to this point and God's using everything. So my parents tell stories of me as a little girl, just swanning into a kitchen, bursting into a worship song at five, six years old and it being exactly what they needed in the moment. It almost being like a prophetic worship song for them Mm -hmm. who were new believers and Mm -hmm. growing in their relationship with the Lord. And the Lord had given me this ability to hear a song once and go and play it or sing wow. it. Wow. And so I would just come floating into rooms <laughs> and life groups, not even knowing what they were and sing songs that seemed to be right for the time. So worship has been at the center of my life, mm. my entire life. Yeah. But there are some markers when I look back where I see I actually began to get a bit off track with the plumb line of scripture and what yeah. worship is in scripture. Uh-huh. And I just want to say that for anybody who recognizes that in themselves as we talk, that I know for myself, that came from a pure place. I wasn't intentionally trying to get off course. Um, And the Lord's very gracious and kind and how he steers us back. But I guess about 15 months ago, we had a significant event happen in our church that most people will have heard about Mm -hmm. where the Lord, I guess, poured his spirit out in a very fresh and a new way. It was right off the back of a corporate deliverance, but also individual from Mm. fear of man, Mm -hmm. which is something I've probably struggled with since my teen years. I was raised by parents who loved the Lord, but who um, also loved to help me pursue my passions. So I was raised in performing arts schools. Um, I would go every Saturday morning and do an hour of singing, an hour of dancing and an hour of acting Mm -hmm. in like a Johnny Young talent school. Yeah, Um, And I had scholarships for that the whole way through my growing up. And I was taught the principles of performance. 
And so then when it came to, you know, developing into my later teen years and I began to step into a ministry of worship leading, I didn't know any other way to be on a platform other than the principles that had become as natural as breathing to me, which were performance principles. And yet I often felt this sense of dissatisfaction because it was like, why doesn't this feel like it fits? And why isn't this producing the results that I felt like I could see in the word? or even that the father was desiring. But I knew no other way to tackle that kind of craft or gifting other than what I'd been taught in performance. And so without even intending to, I've actually helped to build and create cultures where performance is the center, not presence. And so once you get delivered from fear of man, the Lord can really begin to address things inside of you that are rooted in that. And essentially my entire worship leading journey was rooted in performance. And I asked the Lord to teach me how to worship lead again. And he was so kind because he was like, no, I actually need to teach you how to worship because you've never really known how to worship outside of a performance paradigm. And so he gave me an instruction, which was to uh, take everything I thought I knew about worship that I've taught in masterclasses, sat in masterclasses of people who love the Lord Mm. and hold it up against the word of God and then to come back to him with what remained. And I was like, sure. (laughs) And actually came back with not a lot. And so I've been on this journey and with yourself and with the Lord and, and a lot of this actually done in private. Yes. Before... I don't want people to hear like I'm processing in public because yeah. actually I, the Lord had to do a lot of work. Sure. Uh, breaking actually. Yeah. That was very painful. Yep. And facing some really um, moments of deep regret, mm-hmm. deep sadness, which led to repentance mm. of actually sometimes what I've even used the Lord's house to do yeah. and to uh, feed within myself. Yes. Uh, and then there's been this reforming yeah. that's still in process. Yeah of what I believe the Lord wants worship to look like in this hour. And he's given me some very specific principles and he said, I can talk about it now publicly. And that's not because I've arrived, but because it's the time now for his church to have the discussion. So I'm not presenting conclusions. I'm presenting the journey I think the Lord wants to take us and the wider body of Christ on. Mm. And I pray we do that with humility. And with no spirit of performance. Yeah, yeah. That's such an important process that you've articulated there, right? Because like you say, we start almost with regret. Yep. We look back on those years and my journey be very similar in that in that sense of just we learn the mechanics yep. of worship leading, yep. of just worship in church and everything like that. Um, but it's important not to stay in that regret, hey, or yep. even look back at the environments that we were yep. in and grew up in and learnt these behaviours and yes. techniques and everything like that and look at them, I guess, either with regret, with judgment or just like but there's mm-hmm. that progression that you've, you've articulated there, which is, yeah, super important for us to, to hear. Yeah, it is important because it's human nature actually to want to assign blame when we've made mistakes. Yes, yeah. Or we've gotten off course. Mm-hmm. So some people tend to assign blame to themselves and Mm. they self-depreciate and self-punish and talk to themselves with a self-loathing spirit or a punishing spirit. And I think a lot of creatives Mm. do that. Other people will blame leaders. Oh, but they created this environment. Mm -hmm. 
And it's tempting to go there at times because then you don't have to address the things deep within yourself. Even self-depreciation is a way to avoid actually going, well, this is where I am, but I'm even going to offer that as worship to the Lord and Mm -hmm. yield that and let him make something beautiful out of it. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, yeah, that wasn't, I guess this wasn't necessarily what we thought we'd start talking about, (laughs) but I think it's, it's so important and, uh, and Holy Spirit led that yeah. that we start here because I think, you know, in the coming episodes that we're going to talk yeah. about a lot of different things, yes. some of it might be new for people to hear. Some mm-hmm. of it might be uh, reminders mm-hmm. of stuff they've heard in the past. Yep. But um, yeah, it's we need to handle it with the purity that yeah. I believe God's offering it to us in yes. and not uh, get stuck in any of that yeah. process. Yep. Um, so thank you for articulating that, that uh, your journey in that. So perhaps you could share with us some of the sort of major, I guess, uh, points that you're prophetically seeing in this yeah. worship reformation, because uh, these are going to be, I guess, the things that we base a lot of these episodes yeah. around uh, in the future as well. So maybe you can just download some of sure. the major points of this worship Yeah, I might start by, I guess, <clears throat> defining what a reformation yep. is, because this is one of the things that people uh, have a choice, actually, because there's an invitation before us, but the Father will never force us. And uh, this was the invitation before us, and we mm. could have actually said no. Yeah. And he would still love us Mm -hmm. either side of that. Mm -hmm. He will allow us to keep creating our own kingdoms and he will not withdraw his love. Right. Um, So even when we imagine how the father's listening to this conversation and the things we're admitting and the conversations we're having, I want to encourage people, he's not mad at you. He wasn't mad at us. So true. And that actually is a whole other revelation to come into, Mm. that he does not withdraw his love or Mm -hmm. remove his love even from his church or his house. Even when we use it in ways, he never intended us to use it because he comes anywhere he's invited. And you and I have talked about this. Jesus will come to any house he's invited to come to. He went to Pharisees' houses, tax collectors, prostitutes, lepers. Yes. He went to their house because they invited him. So he's not mad at us Mm. for this conversation we're having. Mm. He's actually so proud that we're even asking these questions. So a reformation by definition is the action or the process of reforming an institution or a practice, which means that for something to be reformed, it must already have a well-established form. Yeah, true. So if you think about worship within the church, it has had an established form. Yep. For the last 20, 30 years. Yep. Normally two fast songs, two slow songs uh, in at least the last decade, two track. And we're so grateful for multi-tracks. <laughs> and again, none of these tools are bad. That's right. But this, it has been the form of yep. worship. Yep. There has been a uniform yeah, and a look true. for even worship leaders and worship teams yep. and how we posture our bodies and how we move within praise how we engage with a congregation. These are the forms that worship has had within Mm. the church. Mm -hmm. And the Lord has had to deconstruct in all the right ways the people behind the form who out of love and from a good place created forms that have ended up not bringing him maximum glory, Mm -hmm. but actually directing glory to individuals and to man-made institutions. Right. And so... The Lord is in the process right now for those who are willing to go on the journey of being unmade to be remade into something beautiful. And so a constant confession that I've had to make and declare over myself is you are the potter, I am the clay. Mm. And I repent for where I've actually 
taken the role of the potter and made something that doesn't house your glory. Right. So that's a beautiful process to be in. So mm-hmm. maybe some of the specifics, I guess, that I feel like he's um, pressing into yep. is that performing and consuming will give way to beholding and becoming. Wow. So I think that I've talked a bit about the performance paradigm, but we've taken leadership principles from the world mm-hmm. and performance principles from even entertainment industry. We yep. went even through a stage where every worship song sounds like Coldplay. Mm-hmm. Now I love Coldplay, oh, right? The best. But they should be coming to us for the sounds of heaven, wow. not us imitating them and trying to recreate some counterfeit version of heaven. Yes. Um, when Chris Martin's tapping into more the creativity of heaven, than the minstrels in the house, mm. we've got an issue. Yep. So we have created by um, sowing performance, we are reaping consumers. Wow. Consumers who need to feel good at the product we dish up to them every Sunday. Yeah. When actually when the Lord is the potter and he's making something that doesn't always have feel yeah. good emotions attached to yeah. it, it has regret, has repentance. Yeah to be reformed. So that's one we'll talk about. Fear of man will give way to fear of God. And there's a whole sermon in this and we'll get to this topic, but the Bible's very clear. And I think this is a very now invitation before the church to rediscover the fear of God because that is the antidote to the fear of man. Hype and adrenaline will give way to harp and bowl. This is a whole topic we'll explore um, based in Revelation, but the Lord... Uh, is doing a work right now where there are 24-7 worship and prayer movements together being raised up across the body of Christ. Our house is one of those that's beginning to step into that because prayer has been seen for too long as unenjoyable. And if you don't enjoy prayer, you're not going to sustain 24-7 prayer. So worship and the sound of worship gives wings to intercession. Wow. And it makes intercession enjoyable when the two wings work together of worship and intercession. And Revelation chapter four and five is a glimpse of what worship looks like in heaven, what's on the Father's heart. And there is worship and intercession working together. So then when Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we have a direct glimpse of what worship looks like around the throne, will look like eternally. And we have the opportunity to bring worship and intercession together on the earth and for it to be a joy, not a drainer. Um, Familiarity will give way to fascination and indifference will give way to delight and desire. We'll unpack this more, but... You know, Mark 6 talks about uh, people being overly familiar with Jesus in his own hometown and he could do no mighty miracles there. The Lord's inviting us to live in wonder again and fascination again. Stadiums will give way to the throne room. Mm. Right now, the pinnacle of worship is to fill a stadium. But you can fill a stadium on emotionalism and people can leave unchanged. Yes. I'm not interested. 100%. And actually the ugliness of myself having to choose to lay that down because the dream for so long, you don't realise how ugly it is until it comes under the light, (laughs) the pure light, is, yeah, the pinnacle will be when our team fills the stadium. Yeah, right. We've talked about it. We've dreamt about it. Whereas now the pinnacle for me, I don't care if there's 10 people, if they're on their face and it reflects what Father has revealed to us throne room looks like, I'll take that every day. 
In a world that's constantly pulling us in different directions, where distractions abound, there's a powerful invitation waiting for you. Introducing Stacey Hillier's brand new e-course, Living Face-to-Face, an Intimate Life with Jesus. Go on a transformative journey to deepen your connection with Jesus and become more like Him. Dive into timeless teachings, guided practices, and soul-stirring reflections as you follow along with the video content and your free workbook. Access this life-changing course by visiting www.stacyhillier.com. Your invitation to experience the eternal joy of living face-to-face with Jesus starts now. Hit songs will give way to songs that disciple. You know, David wrote songs, mm. and we'll talk about this, yes. yep. that discipled nations and are still discipling us today. They weren't written in songwriting rooms. They were written in a tent before an ark where the presence was accessible to everybody. Mm-hmm. They were looking at the presence of God. They were encountering the presence and out of the overflow of what they were seeing, gazing at his presence, they were writing these love songs to the Lord. And then there were scribes that David assigned who were like, oh, that's a good one. And they were writing it down. And we still sing these songs today in the Psalms. And they disciple us on how to love the Lord and on how to connect with him. So I think there'll be more of those songs and end time songs. That's a whole other, (laughs) whole other show. (laughs) Um, Man's methods and methods, measures and methods of a successful worship set will give way to the father's requirements of spirit and truth worship. So, you know, this affects things like the questions we ask and answer. Yes. You know, oh, did everyone, did everyone raise their hands today? Is everyone full YMCA? (laughs) Did that person who always stands like this get into it? Well, that's no longer the measure of success. Did we do perfect transitions? Did we craft the keys so that they kept on building and we did all the things right? Yeah. Yeah, that just doesn't really matter anymore. What matters is if people, it probably never did, (laughs) but if people are worshiping him in spirit and in truth. And horizontal will give way to vertical. So I think we've been in a season that's had its place where we've talked a lot about um, the fact that we're there together corporately. Yes. And where we're focused even in our training on worship leaders of being very aware of ministry to people. But the invitation before us is ministry to the Lord at all times that everybody would come together and minister to the Lord. So that was a very long answer for a very short question. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> but, and, and I think like, I, like, if that doesn't whet anyone's appetite for what's to come in the in future episodes, mm. then I don't know what will because, yeah, we'll unpack each of those yeah. and more yep. in the episodes to come and uh, mm-hmm. so excited for each and every one of them. Mm. Let's talk about worship reformation from a biblical point of view. Yes, Can you yes. sort of take us to... Uh, what that looked like, um, you know, in Scripture and particularly in the Old Testament, I guess, where we see worship reformation being such a key part of God's work with His people and revivals throughout the Old Testament. Yeah, well, I mean, every revival you look at post-King David Mm -hmm. in the Old Testament, when a king came into leadership and there was a revival, the most important ingredient that's there every single time was the restoration of David's model of worship. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions about that in a future episode because you've been studying that. You have an amazing revelation on that. But again, I think if you track every modern revival, if we're talking the last couple hundred years in the Mm. church, there's been this restoration of Davidic worship. 
And we're going to use some terms Mm -hmm. that feel unfamiliar to people like Mm -hmm. Davidic worship. Yes. I believe in a decade, children will understand what that is. Yep, yep. Uh, Right now they're foreign concepts, but this will become very familiar to everybody and Mm. a good familiar. So, yeah, you can see where you trace all the way through the Old Testament, post-David, every single king, where there was revival and a turning back to the heart of the Lord, there was the restoration of 24-7 worship and the restoration of Davidic order and worship. Mm -hmm. And in the move of God, we're seeing in our house, there is the restoration of Davidic worship. Mm -hmm. You look at a church like Bethel Church that we're so grateful for, grateful for the individuals, grateful for the corporate grateful for the leadership, so grateful for that house. There's been a restoration of Davidic worship that God breathed upon. And then you now have this this thing that's influenced the earth in Bethel music that has the markers of Davidic worship. Now it would be easy for us to go, what's the new formula for success? Yep. So if I want to build a Bethel music, right. let me take Davidic worship and make it a formula yep. and then God will breathe upon yep. that. Yeah, yeah. But that would be a mistake. Absolutely. And I hope that as we talk about this, I think the cost is too high for people to be able to pay it right. and it to be real True. because yeah. there's so much we've had to die to. <laughs> <laughs> a, a thousand times a set. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. I, I think you see that like even in the New Testament. Yeah. Um, like when, you know, the apostles were going about doing, you know, their mighty works and stuff, you saw people coming up to them mm-hmm. being like, okay, I want that package. Yes. So I'm seeing the, the success you're having. Yep. I want the outcome. Mm-hmm. Teach me the formula or I'll pay you for the formula yeah, exactly. even. Yep. And and give me those mm-hmm. results and like, yep, yeah, we know the outcome of, of that because God can't can't be in that at all. Um, mm. so given that worship, reformation and revival go so hand in hand, yep. what do you believe that the Lord's and you kind of alluded to this, I guess, but what do you believe the Lord's invitation to us is in this season of worship reformation? What yep. do you see for this, I guess, end times worship? Reformation and what's his invitation to yeah. us? I think that churches who want to go on the journey of following the leadership of the Holy Spirit rather than leading men as the priority. Mm-hmm. I mean, we lead people, right? That's right. that's part of the calling of sure. full-time ministry, but it's not our priority. Yeah. Our priority is following the Lord and yes. following the Holy Spirit. And he's the guest of honor in a meeting, not yeah. even a visitor. Wow. It's wow. actually a big statement. <laughs> Huge. And we've made those decisions as a house. Yeah. So churches that choose to, communities that choose to respond to that invitation will soon find themselves running out of songs mm. to express the wonder, the beauty, the glory, the majesty of who God is first mm. and foremost, and then what he's doing yeah. and their love for him because of that. And that's the season we're in. Yeah is we've run out of songs to articulate, which means you have to let go of the perfectionist that needs a perfectly crafted song with a soaring bridge and the the beautiful shape of a chorus to sing one line over and over 20 times that doesn't fit perfectly with the chords you're singing it over because you need more to express your love for the Lord Mm -hmm. than you need it to be perfect. So there's the letting go of a lot. And I'm not talking about not bringing our best to the Lord because Mm -hmm. when you love him, when yeah. you are falling in love, you will bring your absolute best right. to the object of your affection. Yep. So I'm never talking about substandard musicianship 
vocals. But that has been an idol. Worship has become what was worshipped. But there'll be the letting go of a lot of what feels familiar and safe to us in order to articulate our hearts for the Lord because they're expanding so much and we'll care less about um, whether that sells well or whether that's easy even to consume and we'll care more about whether we're blessing the Lord and ministering to him on any given day and what's happening in the throne room. Yeah. Like, you know, this week, Joel, we've had a, a beautiful moment as a team where we're in an encounter in the throne room. And, you know, most of the time when you're in the throne room, it's very holy and reverent. <laughs> Whereas, um, good luck to anyone with the even slight Pharisee spirit right now that's going to hear this. <laughs> because we had a, a, an encounter as a team in private yeah. in the presence of the Lord that was unexpected mm-hmm. and could have been shut down. Yep. But we chose to go with it, which meant we didn't get to meetings that day and all the things. But the throne room that day was angels and the soundtrack was... Circus time, yeah. Angels juggling, yeah, playing in the presence and it was worship. Yeah. So I don't want people to hear worship reformation is intense. Right. And it's like all these serious prophets like (laughs) squeezing something out. Like the Lord's playful. True. He is joy. He is life. And so all of these things we're exploring is rather than just exploring a tiny dimension of who the Father is, we've got the full banquet before us and we never really know what we're going to taste and see in a day. And so it's the adventure of a lifetime and who knows what we're going to sing in a moment that actually goes with what's already happening there. But I'm constantly surprised, constantly Mm. surprised at what you actually discover, yep. even in a place that you think you've been to a thousand times, like the throne room. It's pretty right. cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, What one of David's discipleship songs is mm. uh, in your presence, this fullness yes. of joy yes. and pleasures forevermore, right? And I feel like we're just beginning to like, yeah. just take first steps and discover. And the beauty of it is, is that, yeah, you never know what you're going to get. Yep. And um and so there's an excitement that comes with that. And yes. I feel one of the gifts of the season is, yes, like uh, that, you know, there was repentance and there was, <laughs> you know, the breaking and there's the dying yep. to self, but yet there's such joy and lightness and freedom yep. that we're experiencing yes. uh, in this discovery with the Lord that we could have never dreamed or imagined or manufactured. Yes. And so it's such a such a gift and such a blessing. Joel, on that, because I want us to be very real for Mm -hmm. people who are listening. I actually think that one of the things that you and I, Mm -hmm. I'll speak for me, one of the things that I wore quite heavy was this revelation, Mm -hmm. even. Mm -hmm. Oh, but if everyone doesn't get this, if everyone doesn't understand that they've got to come to minister to the Lord, and that's why we had that encounter. That's why he showed us that facet of himself Mm. because he was like, you're not going to be able to carry this much longer than I'm showing you if you keep thinking that you have to carry the weight of this. Mm. He will never reveal something to us that he won't grace us for. And yet I was reaching within Mm -hmm. and feeling like, oh, almost this martyr complex, which I just don't want to carry because that doesn't look good on a worship leader. (laughs) 
it, and it doesn't actually survive in the throne room. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that it's been a beautiful gift yes. that the Lord has given us this encounter and this lightness and this this freedom because when you start to try and walk in something new like this and not everybody else has the revelation, mm-hmm. um, it can feel like you're alone. It can feel like you're not being heard. It can feel like maybe you're not hearing right mm-hmm. and it can feel heavy. Yes. And if we could help anybody else avoid that yeah. and go... God's actually a God of play Mm -hmm. and he loves that you're even part of this conversation. Yes. And he's not going to smack you if you get it wrong. And he's not going to love you more if your whole church gets this revelation. He's actually not going to love us anymore at the end of this podcast. That's right. He loves us fully and completely Mm -hmm. when I was performing my head off on a platform and calling it worship as he does when I'm sitting here right now saying what he's taught me. So I really pray that people who choose to come on this journey with us um, don't wear it as heavy Mm. as we did because actually it nearly nearly crushed my spirit. Yeah. Trying to carry something I'm not meant to carry. What about you? Yeah, I would say I agree wholeheartedly with that. I think I walked away from that particular encounter that you're talking about this week, just with a grateful heart Mm -hmm. that, um, yes, there's the weight of his glory, Hmm. but it's not the weight. uh, It's not a burdensome weight. It's not supposed to be burdensome to us. It it brings us to our knees. And yet, like I say, in his presence is fullness of joy and his yoke is easy and his Mm -hmm. burden is light. So he's not putting something heavy on us to carry, but he's, he's, bringing us higher and he's showing us another glimpse of his beauty and glory Hmm. that you can't just help but walk away smiling that you've got to experience another facet of who he is. And so, uh, yeah, I think that prophets, uh, those who are prophetic, uh, will often, you know, we sort of see or foresee Mm -hmm. or foretell or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be in their there can become that sort of yeah lonely heart mm-hmm. sort of like I'm here wanting to pioneer something and waiting for the catch up. Yes. Um, or there's like we've yeah. uh, spoken about the soul lag and, <laughs> you know, all those things that come along with that. Um, and so that, that can kind of feel burdensome yep. at times. Yep. Um, and so we just have to constantly keep our eyes on Jesus, yes. keep finding our life and our joy in his mm-hmm. presence and it keeps bringing us back to that humility that we depend on him and yes. uh, we can't do any of this without him. So yes. so important that we start there yep. um, with this conversation as well. And so, uh, so yeah, thank you for articulating mm-hmm. uh, that. And maybe just uh, in closing then, uh, could you pray for those listening, those yeah. watching um, who obviously are approaching this with a willingness of and a hungry heart. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I, this is what I've been, God's been stirring in me perhaps already, but just how they receive this and then what they do with this content yeah. that God would give them grace and wisdom to steward it. For sure. Father, we just thank you so much for your presence here with us now. I thank you that Jesus, you are the good shepherd. And even the way you call us out, you're not yelling at us, you're not behind us, driving us. You're actually using that sing-song voice that Prophet Mm -hmm. Zechariah heard where you're singing over us right now and you're calling us out as a good shepherd Mm. and you're not mad at us. You're not mad at your church. You're not mad at your worshippers. You're not mad at your Levites. 
And so we just break any lies right now that we've stuffed everything up, that we've got it all Mm. wrong, that our worship hasn't been good enough. We just break agreement with that. And I just thank you for the invitation that's before us, not to forget everything we've ever known or learned or talked about, but actually to just go deeper. And so I just thank you that condemnation is never, ever from heaven or from Holy Spirit. But we welcome your conviction. Yes. We welcome your transformation. And I thank you once again for the words of Zechariah that this will not be by might and not mm-hmm. by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. We take courage in 2 Corinthians three eighteen that as we behold you, we are being transformed yes. from one degree of glory to another. And this is a work of the Holy Spirit. So all we need to do today is just confess that we yield, that we submit, and that our eyes are fixed on you. I pray, Jesus, be glorified in this conversation, in this series, be seen, be heard, be felt, be encountered. And we will give you all of the glory because you're so worth it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed every second of it. Don't forget to like, hit subscribe and stay connected with Stacey. We'll see you next week with another episode.